0: Just want to welcome everybody to uh, what we're doing here, and hopefully in 2024 we'll be able to have um, the uh, Resurrection Sunday or Saturday, whichever it lands on, uh, and uh, be able to have that uh, in our own church, So looking forward to, Lord willing. So um, let's begin. <clears throat> Today, this service is to recognize the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Um, I would like to thank the Lord for many blessings that he's bestowed upon us. Uh, in addition, we're going to have communion as well. Um, I'm going to read uh, the scripture uh, and then we're going to uh, go into a prayer and then we'll go to the message. Uh, this is going to be located in Exodus chapter 13 verses 1 through 2. I'll give you a moment to uh, either get your Bibles or to find the scripture. Uh, Exodus chapter uh, 13 verses 1 through 2 it reads then the Lord spoke to Moses saying consecrate to me all the firstborn whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel both man and beast it is mine let us pray Heavenly Father we just thank you for this opportunity to be able to preach your word to read your precious word the truths that are inside of it. We thank you for uh, the host, uh, for this home. ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. I ask you to bless this message and to anoint me, Lord God, for your purposes only. Take me out of it. I pray, Lord, God, that you do a mighty work in each of our hearts in understanding and revelation and spiritual renewal, Lord God. We give you honor and praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. So, the first two chapters... Of the book of Genesis gives us a glimpse of what it's like to be in perfect communion with God. The third chapter of Genesis is the explainer of the rest of the Bible. So, reading the rest of the Bible, we can witness the types, the shadows, symbolism woven through the narrative of the atonement and salvation of God. Immediately, after the fall of man, God prophesies of a future descendant of Adam and Eve that will bring life and reverse all the effects of sin. In the process of doing this, he will be wounded. This is found in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. God provides atonement and the covering in the animal skins that covered Adam and Eve. God accepted the firstborn or first fruits of Abel's flock as a burnt sacrifice. Seth and Enosh started to call on the name of the Lord and instituted worship of God. At this point, mankind becomes exceedingly wicked and evil on the earth. Noah, a man that was just in his generation, God tells Noah to build an ark of salvation. God floods the earth in judgment and only Noah and his family survive with the animals chosen. When the flood waters receded, Noah went out of the ark, builds an altar, and offered a burnt offering of clean animals and birds for the salvation that God provided. On a side note, we read of a burnt offerings, sacrifices, before the, they were even instituted by God. So God promised to not destroy the earth by flood again. The rainbow is the sign of that covenant. This is the original meaning of the rainbow, no matter what current culture has assigned to it. Man in his perpetual state of sin rebelliously locates in one place, unites against God in thought and speech to build a tower as a hallmark of man's achievement. God judges man again, confusing his language instead of destroying all life as he did before. This judgment scattered mankind and separated them until they unite again in rebellion. God chose Abraham to bless. God will make Abraham a great nation and a blessing. Melchizedek introduces himself to Abraham as a priest of God, most high, and brings bread and wine. God promised Abraham a son in his old age. God allowed Sarah to conceive. And Abraham named his son Isaac. God tested Abraham by telling him to sacrifice his only begotten son, Isaac, as a living sacrifice. The angel of the Lord stopped Abraham's hand from sacrificing Isaac because God will provide for himself the lamb. Isaac has two sons, Esau and Jacob. Jacob deceives his father, Isaac, in his old age and steals his brother's blessing and runs off and hides. Jacob marries two wives and has many children. He returns to meet with his angry brother Esau, but before they meet, Jacob wrestles (coughs) with the angel of God and names him Israel. Israel means one who struggles or contends with God, which is where the twelve tribes of Israel come from. Joseph is born in Jacob's old age. Joseph is known for having a coat of many colors and his dreams. Joseph's eleven brothers are jealous of him because Jacob, their father, shows him obvious favor. Out of jealousy, Joseph's brothers eventually sell him to a caravan going to Egypt and becomes a slave for many years. Joseph is given a gift to interpret dreams by God. Joseph accurately interprets two prisoners' dreams while in prison. Pharaoh has dreams and calls Joseph to interpret them. Joseph accurately interprets Pharaoh's dreams through God's wisdom and rises to power in Egypt. The dream was of a famine that came over all the land of Egypt because of food source. Uh, Egypt becomes a food source and salvation of God, which drew Joseph's brothers to come and buy grain in Egypt. Through a process of time, Joseph reveals his identity to his brothers, that he is alive, and said, God sent me before you to preserve life as a great deliverance. Jacob and Joseph are reunited, and Israel is given the land of Goshen to dwell and prosper exceedingly. Jacob dies, Joseph dies, and the Pharaoh eventually dies. A new king of Egypt arose who didn't know Joseph and feared the multitude of the children of Israel. The king of Egypt enslaved Israel for 430 years of hard and bitter labor. In the attempt to thin out the Israelite population, a decree went out to destroy male newborns. Out of the the tribe of Levi, Moses was born and hidden for three months and then put into a basket on water by his mother to be saved from sure death. The basket came to the daughter of Pharaoh, Moses grew up in Egypt, but retained his identity, and God used him, uh, used Egypt to educate Moses to read and write. Moses realizes the bitter slavery of his people, but is helpless to do anything. In his attempt at justice, Moses kills an Egyptian, which causes him to run, which leads him to Midian, which leads him to a shepherd's flock, which leads him to God on Mount Sinai in the burning bush. At this point in time, God has been silent for 430 years since the time of Joseph. God's timing is perfect in choosing Moses. The children of Israel are ripe for deliverance to know that God of Abraham, Jacob, Isaac, and Jacob. God sends Moses with the help of his brother Aaron to tell Pharaoh the famous words of God, Let my people go. Moses asks, Who shall I say that sent me? And God replies, I am that I am, or I will be what I will be. After 430 years of bondage, God starts to build a nation that will be a blessing to all nations. Pharaoh hardens his will and heart against God. After ten plagues of boils, lice, fiery hail, and more, Pharaoh still was stubborn to humble himself, and God would bring plague of death that even the Israelites were not protected from. God is ready to reveal his salvation. I will read Exodus chapter 12 verses 1 through 14. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt saying, This month shall you, that shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of, of the year to you. Speak to all the congregations of Israel saying, On the tenth of this, of every month shall man shall take for himself a lamb according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if his household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons, according to each man's need, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it uh, from the sheep uh, or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month, then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And then shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. Then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire with unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not eat it raw nor boiled at all in wa- with water, but roasted in fire, its head with its legs, and its entrails. You shall not let uh, none of it remain until morning, and what remains of it until morning you shall burn with fire. And thus you shall eat it, with a belt on your waist, with your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, so you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you and the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So this day shall be to you a memorial. And you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast. By an everlasting ordinance. In this context, for the Passover here, in the unfolding mystery in the Exodus narrative, we see the following. Number one, God institutes a 12 calendar month for his people, for the first month is Nisan. Number two, on the tenth day of Nisan is Lamb Selection Day in Exodus 12, the same day that Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a donkey is the 10th of Nisan, Matthew 21. Number three, the lamb must be a blemishless male in the first year and keep it for four days. This lamb is to live in the home of the host for four days, is to be inspected for flaws or blemishes. After Jesus enters Jerusalem, the Sadducees and the Pharisees publicly questioned him constantly but could not entrap him. Number four, on the 14th day of Nisan, the lamb is to be killed by the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel at twilight. In Hebrew times of day, the ninth hour before is before dusk or sundown, which is twilight. Jesus dies on the cross in the ninth hour, twilight, Matthew 27:50. Number five, take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses. Jesus wore a crown of thorns and was nailed to the cross. With both of his hands outstretched, number six unleavened bread. Unleavened bread is baked bread with no yeast. is baked with stripes and is pierced when turned over to be to be baked evenly. But he was wounded for our transgressions; he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Matthew twenty seven twenty nine. A crown of thorns. First Corinthians 12:7 therefore purge out the old leaven that you may be may a, be a new lump since you are truly unleavened for indeed Christ our Passover was sacrificed for us number seven Exodus 12:46 in one house it shall be eaten and you shall not carry uh, out of the flesh outside of the house nor shall break one of its bones John 1936 to 37 and 32 to 34 reads for these things were done, that the scripture should be fulfilled. Not one of his bones shall be broken. And again, another scripture says, they shall look upon him whom they pierced. Then the soldier came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus, he saw that he was already dead and, that no, and they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side and, with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out. In Leviticus chapter 23, there are the first three feasts of seven of the Lord, and these are the following: the first one is the Sabbath, second one is Passover and the unleavened bread, the third one, the feast of first fruits. The feast of first fruits in Exodus uh, from Exodus uh, chapter 13 through one through two, and the Lord spoke to Moses. Consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both man and a beast. It is mine. It is, this is the actual exit of Egypt of the firstborn in freedom. The ceremony of the first fruits is a sheaf offering or barley, Leviticus chapter 23, 10 through 11. Now I want to show you this. I hope it's not premature. This is actually not barley. OK, but this is wheat. Now, what they do is they get a sheaf that's already growing in the ground. And when the time comes to harvest this, to be able to um, harvest the, the first harvest of the, of the barley, because the barley is the first harvest of the year, it's still growing in the ground with a string wrapped around it. And when the, when it comes time to, uh, to, to consecrate this as the priesthood in the, in the, in the, uh, for this offering, they cut it while it's still fresh. And they take it right to the priest. And the priest raises it up to all four directions around so that it could be blessed uh, by the Lord and give thanks to the Lord. This is called Bikarim in Hebrew. It is also called Korban Omer or a barley harvest. It marks the beginning of the first of days of the 49 days of Pentecost or Shavuot, during which the Israelites journeyed from Egypt to Mount Sinai to receive the law or the Ten Commandments. This is why at the same time when the Holy Scriptures poured out or the Holy Spirit poured out on the in Pentecost in Jerusalem in Acts chapter two, these two events happen at the same time, but in of course in different time, but at the same point in time as the celebration. The barley wave offering was ceremonially conducted by the Levitical priests. No one can harvest any barley until the ceremonial wave offering was completed. The priests would raise up the sheep uh, in all directions, and the day that Jesus was resurrected was on this very day. And this ceremony took place. Matthew chapter 16, verse 21, From the time Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things for, from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. The Jews have been observing Passover for 3,500 years. This is one part of the Passover where the three pieces of unleavened bread are presented. Another term for unleavened bread is called matzo. The Seder leader uh, leads the ceremony of the Seder plate. The term Seder means order. The second matzo is broken in two. So I've already broke it already. I broke one and the other one is in this cloth. Okay, and we read on. And then, uh, it says the uh, the second matzo was broken in two. The smaller of the, of the two pieces is put back, uh, with the other two matzos. The larger piece is which I have in here. The larger piece goes into the cloth hidden near the table. This is called the sapfun, which means hidden. This piece of matzo is also called the afikomen. The Seder leader hides the afikomen from the children that are present to find it. When the children find it, the afikoman is redeemed with a ransom and the Passover ceremony can finish. Matthew chapter 26, verse 26 through 7. It reads, And they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is, a, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood for the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Now, reading all of this, uh, it, it is, uh been my journey uh, to get to a place to be able to understand this myself, not only but to preach it, but to be able to understand the deeper meaning of our our Lord and Savior's work on the cross. Uh, the, this goes very, very deep all the way back to the book of Genesis, like I read in uh, as we read. If you read the first three chapters of Genesis in chapter uh, 3, verse 15, we hear about what they call the um, proto-evangel. It is God's recourse to sin to bring us back in, to him in communion. And through these, uh, through the Passover and through other, the other six, uh, feasts that God has given to his people, commemorate and tell a story to them so they never forget who they are to God and who God is to them. Uh, so we get a better understanding to exactly what, um, what this is, uh, by reading scripture, by, uh, taking, uh, the, the communion. And there's one thing that has always escaped me, and I'm still on my journey to truth, is to, uh, is if I ever get to the other side, if I don't figure this out, is why Jesus had taken the wine and the bread to continue remembering him, when, in fact, he, there is, uh, an entire, uh, 3,500 years of the Jews remembering who, what God did as a salvation, act of salvation, the ultimate salvation for the Jews, and then now we are asked by Jesus himself to remember him by the wine or the grape juice and the unleavened bread. He says, the wine represents my blood and the bread represents my body. Why? It's because Jesus, back in the Old Testament, says manna came down for heaven. It kept the, the, the Jews alive, the Hebrews alive. And then God, Jesus said, he goes, I am the bread of life. So he gives us life in so many different ways. And then he shed his blood. So that we could live eternally, and it makes sense. But I'm not satisfied with that. I need to know more. <laughs> so um, that's uh, my sermon. And and I would like to now for those uh, for those who are out there and want to uh, do communion with me, just uh, make sure you have just a small cup of grape juice and a, and a uh, and a cracker like a Ritz cracker. It can't be um, just regular bread. It has to be like a, um, maybe a saltine cracker. This way we'll be able to take the Lord's Passover, or I'm sorry, the Lord's Communion, uh, as He told us and commanded us in uh in in what He says here in Matthew 26, verses 26 to 27. So before we take communion, I would like to pray, and for those out there who, if you're going to take communion, I want you to pray a prayer of repentance so that our hearts are right in front of the Lord and that we do not in any way contaminate what Jesus did in this communion. Uh, for us, and that we do not um, bring anything on ourselves that's undue. So I'm going to pray a prayer, and if you want to follow, you can, but this would be the time to do it. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus, Lord. If there's any sin, Lord God, in our lives, anything that's secret sin, Lord God, we repent in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we believe that you died on the cross and you shed your blood to, Lord, not just to cover us, Lord God, but to forgive us, Lord God, to clean us as white as wool. And Lord God, that you would stood in our place, Lord God, for the judgment of death, Lord God, and it passed over us because of you. We thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us and all that you're going to do for us, for all of our relatives, for all the ones, Lord God, that need to be brought into the Ark of Safety. Let us be that example. And I pray, Lord, right here, right now, Lord, that, Lord God, you forgive us of our sins as we take communion, Lord God, we, will want it. we do not want to desecrate it in any way. We ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we pass out the, the emblems. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me heavenly father i just thank you lord god for for what you've given to us lord and as we bless this emblem lord god we we take this in faith and to know lord god that what the work you did on the cross was for us lord god and we give you thanks lord God, in jesus name Amen. let us eat and in the same manner he also took the cup after supper saying This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Heavenly Father, we pray over this cup, Lord God, that represents your blood. For what you shed on the cross, Lord God, for the atonement of sin. We just give you praise, we give you honor and glory, Lord God, as you bless us, Lord God, as you bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us drink. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Now, this is something that's very important. It's something that we are called to do. And I believe this is the right uh, time to do it. And this is what we're, uh, even more so now in the times that we are in, we are to recognize the Lord, recognize Jesus Christ and who he is, what he's done, and all the work that we still need to do in the world and that we continue until the day we take our last breath, we have Jesus on our lips. I just want to thank uh, uh, for the host having me here, uh, in, uh, my aunt in her home, and that I uh, just asked uh, the Lord's blessing upon it.